You know what feels like being in a Madame Tussauds but isn't? The ATP Finals official players photo? You know it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravia. Shravia and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics, united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. All right, guys, welcome to this episode of Hold On To Your Racket. It's a pretty neato episode, so you guys should stick around for this one. Um, Today is November 14th, and obviously this is our Nito ATP Finals preview, which starts tomorrow. Um, But we do, as always, because the tennis world never rests, have some hot headlines to cover before we go into our actual preview of the Tour Finals starting with some good news about our favorite little upcoming tennis player, Yannick Sinner, who won his first ATP Tour title this weekend. He beat a really, like, really good playing Vashek Pospisil, 6-4, 3-6, 7-6 in the Sofia Open. And with that said, he became the youngest Italian player in the Open era to win a title. So big stuff for the 19-year-old. Yeah, he ended last year's season with the with winning the next gen ATP finals and ending this one with winning his first ATP tour level title. So who knows what's in for Sinner for next year, but we can only expect good things. Um, I think he's just a great guy to be a fan of because he's so chill, he's so mature, he keeps his head in the game, like he he has so much hype around him and people have been talking about him now, especially this year and last year for a while. And he, he doesn't, doesn't really buckle under the pressure. He's not a letdown because there's some there's some players that they don't necessarily let down, but the pressure gets to them about having to become somebody great in the future, even though they're so young. And this really doesn't seem to phase Yannick. Yeah, like we kind of saw it happen with Borna Chorich a few years ago. I feel like he was really hyped up as like the next Djokovic, or with Grigor Dimitrov, like in like 2015, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he was like champion as the next baby Federer or whatever um and then I think that got to them a little bit although Chorich and Dimitrov are making strides again recently but I think Yannick Sinner is someone who has really kept his cool as well as his red-headed fellow friend Andre Rublev is also another player who has a lot of hype going around him but seems to be doing well under the pressure I think these are definitely players that, like, they show that they can make it in the future because if they're so young and being able to handle so much pressure, there's definitely big things in store for them. For sure. And other news we have is that the Linz final is coming up between Sabalenka and Mertens. They're doubles partners, so I don't know. There's a little tension there. <laughs> Maybe not. But Sabalenka is the number one seed and Mertens is the number two seed. And we're going to talk about Linz some more in our episode coming out tomorrow, which is our Linz recap. Yeah, Sabalenka entered the top 10 again after winning her semifinal match today, um, and Serena, that means that Serena Williams is now out of the top 10, but it's great news for Sabalenka, who's obviously coming off her Ostrava title, both the singles and the doubles title with Elise Mertens, so we'll see how the match tomorrow goes, but I do think that Sabalenka is going into the favorite in this one. 
So moving right into our NITO ATP finals preview, we're going to talk a little bit about the process of qualifying. So the top eight players who have gotten the most number of points this year are allowed to qualify. And obviously this is after the last ATP, um, what's it called, tournament <laughs> of the year, which was Sofia Open. And that's when all the um, qualifiers were finalized. And obviously this year they have the altered ranking rules. So it's a little different. So Medvedev got a huge advantage because of this, because he gets to hold on to all of his US Open and end of 2019 points, because we all know how good of a season he had then. So so now that we have our eight qualifiers already there, um, the way that the actual tournament works is obviously if you're playing against some of the top players in the world, the top players in the world, you know, it's gonna, each match is going to be tough. So that's why there's a round-robin format. So there are two groups of four players each. And, you know, you can lose your first round match and still go on to win the whole thing. So how it works from there on is... Um, there are two players from each group who qualify for the semifinals. So that's based on the greatest number of match wins. If there's a tie there, it then goes into the greatest number of matches played. Then if there's a tie or something else there, it goes into head-to-head -head between players. And then there are special rules for other ties as well. So those are kind of that's kind of like the ranking of the criteria used. But obviously, the greatest number of match wins within the group is what qualifies as the best factor when it comes to going into the semifinals. Yeah, and then how the semifinals work is that the runner-up of the, well, now this year, the group Tokyo 1970 will play the winner of group London 2020, and vice versa, runner-up of group London will play the winner of group Tokyo. Yeah, just to clarify, Tokyo and London are the names of the two different groups, so basically, that's how they'll split it into um, the two semifinals based on who's the runner-up and who's the winner of each group. So going into our groups, we're going to kind of discuss the players in each group, some highlights they've had this season, and what we think about, you know, how things could play out there. So Group London 2020, we have Rafael Nadal, the second seed. He, you know, going way back pre-COVID, you might not even remember this, um, he won the Mexican Open, and then obviously he's gone on to win Roland Garros. And his indoor season so far, he lost to Zverev in the Paris semifinals, and all the other matches went to three sets. Our third seed, Dominic Team, U.S. Open champion, Australian Open finals, and Roland Garros quarterfinals. So he's had a great showing at the Grand Slams this year. Um, and then Stefano Tsitsipas, the sixth seed, Roland Garros semis. He won Marseille earlier in the year, got to the finals of Hamburg and Dubai, and is the ATP finals defending champion. So he's the defending champion of this event. And then lastly, we have Andre Rublev, seventh seed, very informed player this year. He's had five titles in Qatar, Adelaide, Hamburg, St. Petersburg, and Vienna, and the Roland Garros and U.S. Open quarterfinals as well. So Josefina, let's talk a little bit about Group London 2020, and who who do you think here has definitely some momentum going into this tournament? I mean, I know we discussed earlier that I know one of our favorites to get into the semifinals here is Rublev. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely someone who has 
had such an amazing year and he's definitely coming with some momentum with the St. Petersburg and Vienna titles. I think he's also someone who can take out top players. Like he's definitely a challenge for them. And we've seen Dominic Team and Sitsipas have some injuries in these past few weeks. And Rafael Nadal has never won this tournament before. Um, he's not as comfortable on the indoor hard courts as he is on clay. So I do think that Rublev does have a shot at going far um, in this field, but obviously that depends on how stuff plays out with the other three. Exactly, and like we said, even though um, Nadal has had a great season with the French Open Championship, um, he did lose in the Paris semis to Zverev, and like we said in earlier episodes, he has never won Paris, so that's why it's not very likely that he's a good factor in this tournament either. I also think like with an informed team in Tsitsipas, which I think that maybe if they've had enough time to recover, Tsitsipas has said that he feels a lot better now. That could be a huge threat for someone like Nadal because I think that people underestimate, for example, Dominic Team's ability to play on hard courts. They think of him as a very clay court player, but he's very, I mean, he's the U.S. Open champion and got to the Australian Open semifinals. You've got to so be I, somewhat good on hard court to do that. Yeah, so I guess basically what we're trying to say, especially with Tsitsipas' comfort at this event, Rublev's great year, and team's capability to really play well against, you know, these top players, I think that this is not looking yeah, amazing for Nadal. Yeah, the top seed but, might not necessarily be the favorite here. Yeah, but also you can't count him out just yet because this is very tough. But I think if we're picking um, logically based on the past few months, I would say Andre Rublev is looking very much... It's a bold pick, but I do think that he could do some damage here. And moving on to Group Tokyo 1970, the second group here at the NITO ATP Finals, starting off with the first seed, Novak Djokovic. He has had four ATP titles this year, only surpassed by Andre Rublev with the five. He's won the Australian Open, Cincinnati Open, Dubai, and the Italian Open. He's also made it to the Roland Garros Finals and was then beat by Nadal. Big surprise. No, I'm kidding. And... He was a leading force in guiding Serbia to its first ATP Cup earlier this year. Moving on to the second seed in this group, but the fourth seed overall, Daniil Medvedev. He won Paris so far, but other than that, he's had a slightly inconsistent season. So he is coming here with on a winning note, but from looking at before then, it's kind of a little... Looking a little off. <laughs> I'm not sure how he's going to do. And then Alexander Zverev, the fifth seed, he has had a very strong season um, post-COVID comeback. He won. He made it to the Paris Finals, the U.S. Open Finals, and he had those double Cologne titles, just two titles in two weeks. So that was a lot of big wins for him. And then Diego Schwartzman, the eighth seed, who made it to the Roland Garros semifinals and Rome finals. And he also made it to the second Cologne finals against and was beat by Zverev there. And this is his Nito ATP finals debut. So a lot of exciting stuff here. We have the first seed and a newcomer. So I think looking into this section... Um, I know you said that about 
um, Medvedev having kind of like a weird season this year since he is coming in with his US like his 2019 points pretty much but I think that that like win in Paris especially beating like players like Zverev in the final I think it's enough momentum yeah I think that's a really good sign for him because um you know, I, I find myself always forgetting that he made the U.S. Open semifinals this year. And like, that's the, pretty good. Exactly. Like, yeah. And he had a good shot at beating team in that match. Like, he had a ton of opportunities, I remember. But I think that he is someone who on this stage could do well. I, I, I know last year in at the ATP finals, he didn't win a single match. And he was like, I choked in all of them. And when asked about that, he was like, that's not something I want to do again this year. Yeah, so I think I do it's think something he's coming- you can only improve from. Yeah, he's going in with a really great mindset into this one. And then obviously, I do think we have to talk about Novak Djokovic as well. I mean, he's been having an incredible season. And this could easily i mean in certain scenarios this could be an easy you know we could totally see him wipe out this field or we could see him struggle in this field you never really know what these players could bring exactly i feel like i'm not sure but what how when i'm looking at the draw and i see djokovic next to medvedev's name i feel like medvedev could has a good chance of beating djokovic yeah, I mean, and then if we're looking to Alexander Zverev, he's also coming in very strong. He has a great record against a big three, so I do think that he could um, do well in this field. Diego Schwartzman, I think, is going to have a tough time here because he has a losing record against Djokovic and Zverev, who he just lost to. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see how Schwartzman performs. But overall, I think that if we are going to pick someone... To, I, I think the two strongest players here are probably going to be Djokovic and Zverev, but I don't want to count out Medvedev's you know, possibility of making a real breakthrough here because he could definitely do that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like Medvedev could win the whole thing. Like, maybe that's just my hunch. Now that I've said it out loud, I probably jinxed it, but it's okay. <laughs> that's my pick for the whole thing. So before we uh, culminate our preview, we're just going to let you know what some of the first-round matchups are. We have Dominic Team versus Stefano Tsitsipas, which is a rematch of last year's final. And Team leads their head-to-head 4-3. to three. Then we have Nadal versus Rublev. Um, they've only met once, which was in the 2017 U.S. Open, and Nadal won. So Rublev's definitely made some strides since then. Djokovic versus Schwartzman is another match. Uh, Djokovic leads the head-to-head 5-0. and And then we have Medvedev versus Zverev, and where Zverev leads the head-to-head 5-2. But the Russian won their most recent encounter at the Paris Masters final. So these are some great first-round matches to be looking forward to. I'm probably most looking forward to the first two, which are Tiam and Tsitsipas and Nadal and Rublev. Um, or maybe actually Team and Tsitsipas versus the um, Zverev Medvedev match. I don't know. Pretty much all the matches at the Nito ATP. I actually, I really like the field this year. I think it's a really good competitive field. Um, we're back with the tennis ball frizz quiz, and if it's been a while, so we're gonna remind you on what it is. So, the tennis ball frizz quiz is where we have a tournament 
this one being the Nito ATP finals. And at the end of the tournament, we culminate all the points and we have a tennis ball frizz quiz whiz. And of course, the questions have to do with the tournament, that said tournament, in order for it to be with the theme. So Shravya, take it away with the first question. So the Nito ATP finals are taking place in the O2 Arena in London for the last year um, before it moves on to Italy. And the O2 Arena was built in 2007. Which of the following artists or groups were the first to perform there upon its construction? A, Bon Jovi. B, Elton John. C, the Spice Girls Reunion. Or D, Prince. Spice Girls? No. It was Bon Jovi in, tw- in 2007, which was the opening act. Not very tennis-related, but I feel like we should commemorate the O2 Arena in its last year of holding the Nito ATP Finals. Yes. Okay, <laughs> moving on to my question. One of the groups in London this year is called Tokyo 1970 because the ATP Finals used to take place there. What were the Nito ATP Finals called then? A. The Ruit Masters B. The Pepsi Cola Masters C. The Halston 1970 Championships or D. The Ford Championships Um... I'm gonna guess C. No, it's B, Pepsi Cola Masters. Really? Yep. Oh, that's an interesting sponsor. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was cool. It's like very I don't know why. It gives me that 1970s vibe, you know, that disco <laughs> retro vibe. Totally mm-hmm. before our time, but totally. Hey, <laughs> we haven't seen Pepsi Cola for ages. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the NITO ATP Finals, and of course, updates on all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions, and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released tomorrow where we will recap the WTA Linz tournament. Also, stay tuned for our NITO ATP Finals episodes to come in the next week. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Robert and Shravia's name is Steve. See you next time.